the Ramadan of Sheikh al-Hadith Muhammad Zakaria rahmatullahi alayh as written by Dr. Ismail Maimon and translated by Asim Ahmed, published by Madaniya Publications in August of 2010. Book 1, Chapter 5, The Ramadan of Hadrat from 1927 to 1964. Aside from the Ramadan in Raipur and Nizamuddin, Hadrat spent 40 years of Ramadan in Saharanpur in seclusion and quietude. His meetings, letter writing and correspondence with the Muridin were terminated until the end of Ramadan, all his time being spent reciting Quran. From Ramadan of 1920, he made the habit of staying awake the nights of Ramadan, a difficult devotion which continued until the last years when he became extremely sick. Hadrat says in his biography, Abbiti, The nights of Ramadan are for none other than to stay awake. I performed my first Hajj in 1920. From that time, I made it my habit to stay awake in the nights of Ramadan and have only discontinued this practice in the last few years due to prolonged sickness. I adopted this practice from the Arabs, who stayed awake in the nights of Ramadan. His Routine The Ramadan of those years were as follows. He prayed Fajr in its earliest time, rested for a short while, then awoke after two or two and a half hours only, and this was the only time he slept, and began voluntary Salah in which he recited a few parts of Quran. Shortly before the Adhan of Dhuhr, he recited a few parts in the sunnahs of Dhuhr and finished once the second call, Yaqama, was made. After the obligatory salah, he recited a few parts in the sunnah and then went home, where he recited a few parts from the Qur'an. After praying Asr in the masjid, he recited the Qur'an to someone. Mufti Saeed Ahmed or Sheikh Muhammad Hussein Ajrarwi listened in the beginning of Ramadan while Mufti Muhammad Yahya or Hakim Muhammad Ilyas in the last days. He continued reciting his Qur'an to someone until the time of iftar. Shortly before Maghrib, he became absorbed in meditation. Most often he ate madani dates and drank zamzam to break the fast, then had a cup of tea. He didn't eat anything else besides the aforementioned until after Isha. He recited some part in the voluntary salah after Maghrib. After he prayed Isha in the masjid, he returned home and led the women in tarawih, in which he again recited many parts of the Qur'an. After Taraweeh, a special gathering was held, attended by many of the closest devotees of Hadrat, for about 30 to 45 minutes. This was the only time anyone could meet Hadrat in a 24-hour time period. Hadrat rarely took anything but a cup of tea at the time of breaking fast. After this gathering, he studied various tafasir and con contemplated the meanings of the Qur'an. He then stood up for voluntary salah and recited many parts in it. He ate sihr in the last minutes and did not drink tea. This was the only time he ate. Recitation of 30 to 35 parts juz per day was his routine. An effort to finish 60 Qur'ans in one Ramadan. It is known that Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi completed 61 Qur'an in Ramadan. One every day, one every night and one throughout the Raweeh. Likewise, it is said of Imam al-Shafi that he completed 60 Qur'an every Ramadan. Once Hadrat encouraged his murids and devotees to do the same. He said, Once I wrote to some of my friends and asked them to finish reciting 60 Qur'an in one Ramadan, many of my friends strived to reach that goal. Malvi in Am finished 61 Qur'an. One did 56 and some did 60. 
In these first few years at Saharanpur, Hazrat did not perform i'tikaf, but as has been mentioned previously, spent most of his time reciting Quran at his home, Kachaghar, only leaving the house for the obligatory Salah and Sunnah. There were few murids and devotees around him at that time, since Hadrat did not take people in bay'ah, the pledge. Instead, he sent whoever wished to take bay'ah with him to Sheikh Madani or Hadrat Raipuri, as he did when they came for etikaf. Despite his efforts to send everyone off to Sheikh Madani and Hadrat Raipuri, some people insisted on staying in Saharanpur with Hadrat, who then advised them to spend all their time in the masjid. Thus, they devoted all their time to worship in the masjid, except for the gathering after Isha with Hadrat which was the only opportunity they had to meet with Harith in the day. He once said in the Ramadan of 1970 that about 25 years back, the first people to come for Ramadan were Sheikh Abdullah Kursiwala and Pahlwan. Aside from them, the few others that came commuted from their homes and Saharanpur and did not actually reside here. Altogether, we would have about 25 to 30 people in Ramadan in those days. An Anecdote one can imagine the amount of time Hadrat devoted to worship during the month of Ramadan by the following incident, as narrated by Hadrat in his biography, Aap Biti. My close friend Hakim Tayyib Rampuri, the father of another of the close friends of my close friend Sheikh Amir, came to visit me frequently in those days. He came for a very short time and was good at providing quick rundowns of the latest news, so he was allowed to visit whenever he wished. Once in Ramadan, he came at 8 or 9 a.m. He said to Malvi Nasir, Open the door. Malvi Nasir responded, It is Ramadan. He decided to knock on the door himself, but Malvi Nasir stopped him. Malvi Nasir explained, If he is sleeping, you will ruin his sleep. And if he is awake, he is probably praying voluntary salah. So if you knock if you want, but you are probably not going to get a response. Hakim Saab got angry and walked on to the school. On the way, he met Sheikh Manzoor Ahmed Saab, who said, Hakim Saab, what are you doing here? Don't you know the Sheikh is in Ramadan? Hearing this, Hakim Saab felt his anger towards Maulwi Nasir Kool. After this, he entered upon uh, Nazim Sahib, the dean of the school, who was dictating letters at the time. Nazim Sahib was surprised and said, Hakimji, what are you doing here? The Sheikh is in Ramadan. Hakimji stood up and went to Mufti Sahib's room. Mufti Sahib looked at him and said the same thing. Hakim Saab finally said, Isn't there any time I can meet the Sheikh? Mufti Sahib replied, Half an hour after Taraweeh. Hakim Saab said, but I have to return to Rampur. Mufti Saab then said, he will come 15 minutes before Dhuhr Salah. If you can catch him then, well and good. Otherwise, the only other time is when he returns home after Dhuhr. Hakim Saab did come to the masjid before Dhuhr, but I had already started my sunnah. After Dhuhr, I made intention for sunnah again. He waited for a long time, but seeing no end to my salah, because I recited one part twice, he took off for a stroll. When he returned, I had already gone up to my room and was reciting Qur'an to someone. He barged up the stairs in protest and as he reached the top stair, he yelled out, Brother G, assalamu alaikum. I won't say much, but by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ramadan comes upon us also, but not so feverishly. Book 1, Chapter 6 The First Few Etikaf in Saharanpur from 1965 to 1979 Sheikh Nurul Hassan Kandelvi writes, The number of people who came to spend Ramadan with the Sheikh was increasing, and it was understood that they would want to spend the maximum amount of time in Hadrat's blessed company. Therefore, from the Ramadan of 1965, Hadrat decided to perform etikaf in the masjid. This etikaf took place in the old masjid of the renowned school, Mazahir ul-Ulum. 
People were excited to hear of Hadrat's Etikaf and they began coming in from every part of the country. In the last 10 days, there were about 40 people in Etikaf. Due to lack of space, many were told not to come. Despite this, enthusiasts continued pouring in until more than a hundred people had gathered and who were then accommodated in the school building. Regarding this Ramadan, Hadrat writes in his diary, This year Zakaria decided on performing etikaf in the masjid. There were seven people in the beginning, which increased to 40 by the last 10 days. Many were told not to come due to lack of space. The gathering exceeded 100 people in the last 10 days this year. He said in one of his gatherings regarding the first etikaf in Saharanpur, 20 to 25 people came from Nizamuddin the year Sheikh Yusuf rahmatullah passed away in 1965 and said, we want to perform etikaf in Saharanpur. I had performed etikaf in Nizamuddin several times but never in Saharanpur and the facilities for etikaf in Nizamuddin were better. I said to them, there is no space in the old masjid. You can either stay in the guest house or go to the Tablighi center in Saharanpur and perform etikaf there. But they insisted they wanted to perform etikaf here only. Finally, it was decided they would alternate in performing etikaf with me. There is little information on the gatherings of dhikr, the sayings of Hadrat and the spiritual atmosphere of this Ramadan, aside from whatever is mentioned in Hadrat's diary. He re writes regarding his daily recitation of Qur'an, My routine ran as follows. In voluntary salah after maghrib, eight juz. After taraweeh, before tea, one juz. In tahajjud, ten juz. In the pre-noon salat al-duha, six juz. In the sunnah of duhr, three juz. Salat al-tasbih, two juz. Reciting in the Quran after salat al-tasbih, two juz. Reciting to Yahya after asr, three juz. Combined, this makes 35 juz a day. The Ramadan of 1966 and the beginning of Etakaf in the new complex. In the Ramadan of 1965, many of those who wished to perform Etakaf with Hadrat were unable to do so due to lack of space in the old masjid. Therefore, in the Ramadan of 1966, the beautiful new masjid built within the new complex of Mazarul Ulum was chosen as the new venue for Etakaf. The year before, news had leaked out that Hazrat is performing Etakaf, raising the hopes of hundreds of people who wished to perform Etakaf with Hazrat. There was so much excitement that the new complex had been chosen as the main venue for Etakaf that hundreds had made preparations for Etakaf with Hazrat. People arrived for Etakaf and moved with Hazrat into the new complex the night of the 29th of Sha'aban. That year, 40 people made intention to perform Etakaf for the whole month of Ramadan. This gathering increased to 313 people by the end of Ramadan. Sheikh Abul Hassan writes with reference to one of Hazrat's helpers, I compiled a list of names of the people who came for Etakaf from mid-Sha'aban to the 28th of Ramadan. Altogether, the number of people on this list came to out to 313 people. Hadrat wrote some details regarding Etakaf in the old masjid in his diary. He wrote about the lack of space, the inflow of guests from around the country, and his decision to hold Etakaf in the new complex in the upcoming year. He writes, Etakaf in the old masjid last year, but it soon became too small for the number of people who came for Etakaf. I was most disappointed to find that 15 people who had left Sheikh Yusuf behind in Nizamuddin to perform Etakaf in Saharanpur had to return due to lack of space in the masjid. Unfortunately, they were unable to perform Etakaf in Nizamuddin either. Therefore, we performed Etakaf the whole month in the new complex in the following year. 40 people were in Etakaf from the very beginning. This number increased until the masjid was full and canopies were pitched in the courtyard. The routine and devotions during this Ramadan. 
The Ramadan of 1966, as narrated by Sheikh Abdul Hassan Ali Nadwi, was spiritually lively and inspiring. He reports from Sheikh Munawar Hussain that 20 to 25 people came from Nizamuddin the year Sheikh Yusuf passed away in 1965 and said, We will perform our itikaf here. Hadr's routine was as follows. Hadr's was usually praying voluntary salah when people woke up for sahar. He ate two eggs and drank one cup of tea shortly before the fast started. He leaned against a pillow and turned towards the people and guests sitting nearby until people stood up for salah. After salah, he rested until about 9am, then woke up, attended to his personal needs and prayed voluntary salah until noon. He read and responded to any urgent letters until the adhan of dhuhr, and after adhan he prayed sunnah and then busied himself in recitation immediately after dhuhr until asr, during which time guests were advised to perform the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore all the dhakirin, the murids with permission to form dhikr, began dhikr, while others recited Qur'an until Asr. After Asr, Hazrat recited the Qur'an loudly, while most guests either listened or recited their own Qur'an. This went on until it was time to break the fast. A few minutes before iftar, when recitation of the Qur'an ceased and it was completely silent, everyone went into meditation. Guests were advised to sit by the long mats laid out in the courtyard for iftar, while Hazrat moved into his private quarters. Hadrat broke his fast with one Madani date and a cup of Zamzam water. He then either went into meditation or sat against the wall. After Maghrib, the guests were given food and Hadrat started his voluntary salah. About half an hour before the Adhan, he ate one or two eggs and drank a cup of tea. Initially, he refused to eat or drink anything, but after much urging, one week into Ramadan, Hadrat ate, agreed to the eggs and a cup of tea, but nothing else. Hadrat never ate rice or bread or any other staple diet during the month of Ramadan or even on the last day of Sha'ban. Before the Adhan for Isha, the curtains of Hadrat's quarters were removed and Hadrat sat against the wall observing the guests and people in Etzakaf. It was such an inspiring scene. Newcomers came and met with Hadrat. When the Adhan was given, Hadrat attended to his personal needs and then began his voluntary Salah. He remained in Salah until Isha and Taraweeh Salah began. During this particular Ramadan, he listened to three Hufad. In Taraweeh. The first was Mufti Yahya, the second half is Furqan, and then Mia Salman, Mufti Sal- Yahya's father-in-law. He and most of the guests performed Etikaf the whole month of Ramadan. Since most people were in Etikaf, it was difficult finding someone to pick up the mail from the post office. Only three or four of other special devotees were seen outside of Etikaf. In the last 10 days or shortly before, some friends bought sweet meats and kebabs and insisted that Hadrat have them too. Hazrat occasionally took a bite or two of the sweet meat or kebabs, but mostly gave it out to others around him. It was announced in the very beginning of Ramadan, upon Hazrat's orders, that the reading session, Ta'alim, would be held after Taraweeh. Thereafter, the reading session became a part of the daily program after Taraweeh, which replaced the earlier gatherings of Iftar in the previous Ramadan, when people sat and had snacks in Hazrat's company. Hazrat commented about these gatherings that it is a waste of time. After the reading session, Hadrat would say, Brothers, go and value your time. Therefore, most were seen either in recitation or salah, while Hadrat busied himself in worship. When resting, he sometimes uttered something to his helper, Abul Hassan, who stood nearby. Hadrat would say, I am not disturbed by your salah or recitation of Quran. Despite the rigorous worship, strenuous devotions and little food, Hadrat recited 32 parts of Quran daily. The following was his daily routine. Six juz after Maghrib, approximately three juz during Taraweeh, reading session of a book of Fada'il until midnight, sleep for three and a half hours, six parts in Tahajjud, pray Fajr in its earliest time and then sleep until 9.30am, 
six juz in the pre-noon salah, uh, letter reading and writing until dhuhr, three parts in the sunnah of dhuhr, eight juz re uh, reading the Qur'an after dhuhr, after asr recite to Yahya. Combined 35 parts or an average 32 juz.